Okay, hello and welcome to another episode of Sharkcast, coming to you from the Basking Shark Scotland headquarters in Oban. Um, stormy headquarters. Stormy in Oban. headquarters. You may hear some gusts outside today because it's uh, it's blowing a hooli outside, as they'd say, and in a wee bit, a wee bit a wild. We're kind of in our winter season at the moment, so it's uh, yeah, it's not the not the nicest outside. Um, it's a bit of a strange podcast because, uh, despite the fact we've just started a podcast. I am. Uh, um, this is Luke speaking, by the way, who have been the head guide here for quite a while. I'm. I'm actually moving on to warmer climbs. He's which, bailing out. It's yeah. a storm. He's <laughs> running. <laughs> um, I'm heading off to the Seychelles to be uh, based out there, doing a bit of uh, some diving and filming and sharky bait stuff uh, in future. So we're hoping to keep this running on, maybe as a as a, a remote correspondence. That's uh, it, as long as you can get some internet and yeah, chat yeah. over the internet or whatever. Yeah, so we'll try and, uh, because obviously it's, we're, we're talking about Bash and Shark Scotland stuff here, but as as, I, as we said in the first uh, episode, it was more, the idea was that to be a hub of other shark research and kind of like a big kind of melting pot of ideas and discussion of, of, uh, of sharky stuff um, from, from us and other people around the world. So hopefully we can, can continue that on. Yeah, especially uh, if you're going to get in with like tigers or hammerheads yeah, or yeah. cool so, stuff overseas. Well, hopefully, although we'll... I'm not sure we really want to hear about that. To be <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to cut you off. Yeah, but it yeah. gets too cool. There's a level you have to not, just not, not too many yeah. sunny sunny beach shots. Yeah. We want to hear that it takes like at least seven days to find something and there's loads of shit weather in the meantime as well. Not <laughs> like you've just been turning up in your boardies. It's hot and sunny and there's loads and of sharks around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it'll be a bit of a change up from uh, from diving here in winter where it's kind of. Seven eight degree water, dry suits, and that to some warmer climbs. I don't even really know what suit I'm going to be wearing yet. I've, I've oh, done first I've, world problems. I've done very little actual tropical stuff. So uh, did you actually uh, see what temperature it's going to be? Uh, I did. Like I think it's I think it's high twenties. Yeah, this time of year. Oof. Yeah. So yeah, we'll have, we'll see how we get on. Do you even have a wetsuit that thin? I don't actually. <laughs> I think my thinnest wetsuit is a four mil. All right. So uh, yeah, I uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Well, well, I guess now we're dive at twenty-eight degrees. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it depends how much you're moving around and things like that. Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah. So, so we'll see how that goes. Um, so we thought that since um, since uh, kind of currently I'm I'm heading to moving on that we'd have a little kind of discussion um, about kind of what we've done over the last yeah, few years. some of like, the best bits. And yeah, some of our best bits. And just cool give, memories and stuff. Just to give you an idea, obviously it's, it's it's kind of a reminiscence for us, but also gives you guys a good idea about some of the some of the real highlights, some of the amazing stuff we, we've seen out in, in Scotland uh, and on and maybe on, on some of our other tours over the, over the years. Um, I've been here um, six years, actually. Working six with, years, is it? Working with Shane, yeah, six Oof. seasons. Uh, and uh, yeah, so over that time we've seen seen numerous epic things. Obviously, uh, it's it's uh, as we've seen today. It's it's wild out there. It's stormy, and we are. Um, if you don't know where Oban is, it's on the west coast of Scotland, uh, and the islands where we operate are around um, around the Col and Tyree are called the Inner Hebrides, I and mean, they basically cop the cop the the brunt of the Atlantic storms. So there's no basically go west of the Col, and there's nothing until you hit mm. Canada. So um, out there, it can get wild and windy. Um, yeah, I think they're gusting sixty odd knots there today. I think out really well. Barra, so yeah, they'll be getting it pretty pretty hard out there today. I think. Yeah. So, uh, um, so ob- yeah, obviously, it can get can get wild out there, which is an- annoying for tours sometimes. Uh, the good thing is about the islands, there is a lot of protection, so you can often find a little sheltered bay or something to kind of tuck in. But sometimes it's it's wild out there. Uh, but then we get our uh, like plate glass days as well. So there's uh 
Um, and there's been a few of them over the years. Actually, I remember my first season, uh, it was back in 2014, we had a couple of days back to back and we're off the top of uh, one of the, the regular um, wee islands we go to. And uh, so you're you're in the, out in the Atlantic there. There's nothing uh, until yeah, like as I said, until Canada. But there wasn't a ripple, was there? It was just plate glass yeah. cam. Seem to remember that was ultra ultra cam. Yeah, don't think many remember many days it was that cam. It was also very unusual in that um, the water often has a kind of greeny hue out here because of the phytoplankton. Mm. But there was this. It was weird, clear blue yeah, water. Yeah, it was yeah. like the because uh, we are Gulf it's like inky blue or something yeah. like dark, wasn't it? We are Gulf Stream affected on the west coast of Scotland, um, and one of the reasons it's such a productive area is because we that Gulf Stream pumps towards us and, and brings warmer water and uh, and amazing things like leatherback turtles and that, which we'll discuss in a little bit. But um, you don't often see that really deep blue water. No. Uh, and I remember on that one day, so we were basically floating off one of the islands. There's no wind, so we're just we just had the engine switched off. We're just floating there, and uh, we had. A, I remember actually we had a family group with us as well. So we had a mm. couple of smaller kids, uh, and uh, they weren't the best of swimmers. So I was helping. We yeah, had, a, we had a, a basking shark off the back of the boat, so yeah. I was helping them swim over to that shark, and then um, I got a really nice look at the shark. And then at one point, we I think we had a shark behind the boat, and yep. then a minky surfaced to yep. the left of the boat, really close, and then we had a sunfish on the on the right hand side of the boat. So. Uh, and you could you could hear the minkies blowing like two kilometers away because there was mm. just no wind. It was because was... that was the video where they were coming right underneath the boat. Yeah, right. And uh, Laura yeah. hung over the side with the housing and just took the picture of the yeah. minkie just yes, yeah, literally dipping us. her camera on the water. Yeah, and we're uh, we're all jumping off the back of the boat in our shorts because yeah. we're getting. I think we had um typically uh we expect kind of water temperatures of uh of um kind of fourteen degrees, yeah. fifteen degrees in summer. But I think we had, what was it, 18 or 19, 19, I think, on the surface. Yeah, I think I remember, like, one of you coming in to tell me in the cabin, like, oh, the water's really warm. And I was like, all right, fair enough. And they were like, no, no, like, really warm. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I think I remember coming out and putting my hand in and going, all right. And then I think initially I thought, oh, bugger, there's someone going on with the engine or, like, there's hot water pissing out somewhere or whatever. And I went back in and I looked at the plotter and it said, like, 18.9 or something. Yeah, wild, eh? What? Because I didn't, like, up until then... I would have never guessed you would have got it that no, hot. No, ever. no, I'm not. I'm not sure we've ever seen it that warm ever again. And I think you dipped in. We had your dive computer with you yeah. were in as a wristwatch, and then he was dunked it in the side and yeah, left yeah. it for a while just to like double verify that was what was happening because no one could believe it was that hot. No, well, yeah. So definitely, we've had some. We, we had some elevated temperatures this year, but I didn't. I don't think it got up to near near I that. Remember what uh, it said? Was it seventeen? Uh, yeah, six, well, definitely sixteen and a bit. Um, I'm not. I didn't. I'm not sure if I ever saw seventeen, but uh, it was elevated. Uh, offshore maybe on those yeah. boys but i can't remember what but it was just a couple i remember it was just a couple of days that back in 2014 and then i think on uh it was the day the third day there was a it broke down and we had some heavy rain and it came in after that yeah um, <laughs> so um yeah but it was still that was that was pretty special and uh, still very memorable um and we had some really i, I think that was the first time we'd really had well had plenty of stuff going on and different things but i think that was the first time it was like super calm and then it was one of these days where it's just going off and there's just stuff everywhere yeah and the yeah. weather was like super good and it was just one of these times where everything just comes together yeah i just remember it being just and i remember uh, um Anne marie who's a who's a, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. a good friend of ours now that's been out on a few trips with us she was there that year and uh that was when she was swimming and just in yeah dead keen yeah. wild swimmers so she was swimming around the in the the cairns was looking and feeling actually quite caribbean yeah, that, uh, that day so she was uh she was swimming out of there so mm. yeah that was that was pretty special um 
and uh, yeah, other good other good days. Uh, one uh, each. So, are you, are you, oh yeah, you <laughs> on. yeah, yeah. Go tight. Go, go, I need uh, to think of some other ones off because we already like mentioned a few about. of the ones we both know about. I think the one I would most remember is probably when we went to high skate. I think because that was such an epic ridiculous trip just because we had some ideas of like oh we want to go and see this or whatever and then we had a charter out at call i think to bring people back and i think the day before was like ridiculous weather like again like super flat cam and that was like 2015 i think so probably like because that one we just mentioned was like 2014 so probably after that we thought oh mega weather let's just go and don't know uh see what i think i think, I think initially we were going to just go and stay on call i think for the night and then just cut about but I think it was that good we thought, uh, let's head up to High Scare and have a look up there. I'm not sure, we'd been there before. We'd been to High Scare, yeah, for Just sure. Just once maybe, was it? In that previous year or twice. Yeah, we'd been yeah. up and, because uh, if you don't know, uh, High Scare is a bay. There's, there's a group of islands called the Small Isles, with rum, muck, egg and canna. Mm. And southwest of Canna, there's a, there's a wee island there called High Scare and it's got a lighthouse on it. Uh, it's an amazingly atmospheric place. And I think we'd been there for a couple of seal swims previous to that. I think so, yeah. But I think it had always been a bit, like tricky weather or it wasn't always perfect or whatever i think we just decided not sure where we came idea but like yeah we'll just go and anchor up there and whatever else but like i guess knowing what we know now like the conditions to be able to like keep the boat there overnight because uh, it's not a brilliant place to anchor uh so yeah basically remember it well because we we blasted straight up to call because we thought oh, we're going see what we can find and take some pictures and get some footage and stuff so i think we went out straight through gunner picked up some commons, all that kind of stuff. Then from Ghana, took a big straight line to head up to High Scare from there, which is mm. quite a long trip. It's probably like, what, 30, 30 odd miles at least, maybe even a bit more. And then that's when we just started picking up loads of stuff offshore because, again, it was like super glassy and we had a massive uh, super pod of commons and then there was loads of birds cutting about and then just an, one shark because it was yeah. early season, wasn't it? it was yeah, like June yeah. Or something. basically, I think we'd, uh, yeah, we'd gone out and because our main season for bashing sharks is is in the summer months, so July and August, but we do get them in the early part yeah. of the spring, and that's where we're out there having a little look around, <clears throat> seeing what the seeing what the plankton's doing, seeing what if there's any sharks kind of moving into the area early in the season, um, and then, yeah, it was just perfect conditions mm. for spotting stuff. And then parked up in High Skewer in the bay, and I think we were, we, we were always keen to go and have a look at that cave. So it's like a cave on the northwest coast, I suppose, uh, and it's like a kind of Fingal's Cave underwater no yeah <clears throat> i'd actually completely forgot we did that, that yeah trip. yeah <laughs> that was like the even epic part of it so i think i think to start with i think we dived it and then uh there's all the like the gray seals right at the back uh which was pretty mental and then uh, i don't know how we found it i'm not sure if i was like messing around taking pictures i seem to remember trying to we thought about i think it's charted that cave actually yeah um because um, i remember taking pictures of you free diving down for yeah, some reason yeah yeah but i'm not sure because we I, I i remember we so what we i think we dived at first to have a little recce and see how far so. we went back because this cave basically is is an underwater cave but it's got an air pocket, so... Yeah, I'm I mean, not sure if it, like, maybe low water springs, like, there's, the, there's the like, top of it, and that allows air to Maybe there's a the crevice that, leave, that yeah. goes through from the top yeah. of the cave up to the surface, but basically there's an air pocket in this cave, so we did a little recce dive in it um, to see how far, how, what it was like. We worked out there was an air pocket in, and then... Mm. Um, and then yeah, I free dived in there. Yeah, bit, I think I remember coming there. out, and I found it, and I went, oh, is this air pocket? You need to, like, because I think you were free diving at that point and i was like oh you need to swim in and see it and you're like uh well how far in is it and yeah. all the rest of it and i was like no 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 it's fine just get in yeah. and then uh but it was i think I seem to remember it was probably like a meter 
It was a good bit above yeah, you. Yeah, at some yeah, yeah. It was good. It didn't feel like it wasn't like you're kind of just like goldfishing at the surface for a bit of air when you got in there. But then mind we had the swell coming in, and then like when the swell came in, obviously the the air pressure increased in the cave and then the oh, water yeah. would condense yeah, out and it really went misty strange. and stuff. And yeah. then when the, when the water, when the swell dropped, it obviously then went back into the, the atmosphere. That was pretty cool. Yeah. And it was, a, you got these amazing basalt columns as well. Not as yeah. spectacular as Fingal's cave, but you've got these amazing little fingers of uh, hexagonal fingers of rock there. That was mm. pretty, pretty epic. Uh, yeah. Um, and then we, when we're pushing back for deeper into the cave, when we're diving, I remember that seal coming down <laughs> over your head and I was like, right, Let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, narrowed quite a lot. It went quite far in. Yeah, like yeah. it must be. It was a good hundred meter swim at least, mm, going right yeah, back. It, was quite far. it would be very interesting to see how far back it went. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, it was still going. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, but yeah, obviously getting quite tighter by yeah, then. But yeah. still enough. I mean, one or two people either yeah, yeah. side. No, it was that. It was kind of flat, sandy bottom. We're not well. I'm. We could, Shane's done loads of crazy technical stuff, but I've never done any technical diving. So it was. It was. A, it was a cavern more than a, than a cave. Hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, we didn't want to really disturb yeah, the yeah. seals or anything like that too much. If that's kind of a wee, a wee kind of safe area for them, so we just kind of backed out. And uh, but yeah, that was... yeah. You wonder what's like on the surface. You must, if you surface, mm. there must be like a like an hourglass shape, and there'll be yeah, yeah, out yeah, parts there parts somewhere. Up the top, yeah, there were similar. Because I don't things. think there's anything that you can see from not on the, the island. Top, I don't think so. No, it would be interesting to actually walk over there and have a look and yeah. see what's any if there's any surface features. Um, certainly that area there's just over from that there's a few big gullies that um, they're mm. actually fairly open though but maybe it's similar to that but it's yeah, just got like, yeah. a kind of cap on it or something could be yeah because um, yeah. the island's not that wide at that point either no, no. you wonder how far it goes through yeah the island's basically like a big almost kind of like a big sea shape yeah. yeah so you've got a big bay on the west side um where and so this cave will have been hollowed out by the uh, the action from the from the the sea, um, you got big swells coming in from the southwest and pushing in that mm. way. So, um, so that's what we've created over the years. Um, and yeah, that was a pretty spectacular spot. That mm. always like going to high scare. It's uh, it is so basically, it's probably one of the remotest places in Scotland, despite the fact it's not the furthest north or west, but it's one of the hardest accessible places. Mm. Certainly, in terms of days you can get there when it's going to be calm enough to to yeah be safe, I suppose. Um, and uh, just so spectacular! Just the huge—it's got a huge grey seal colony. You've got a, you've got these really cool little shallow pools where it's kind of like a nursery mm. area for the commons, common seals, or harbour seals if you're from the states. Um, and then you've got nesting skuas, you've got nesting terns, mm. gulls, uh, and awesome kind of drifty tidal channels as well. So mm. um, there was another day we're up there with uh, my brother and sister were actually with us out mm. there, and we had a great drift Mental through, seals. and there was loads of seals. Because um, people come out sometimes on the seal trips with us, and they've maybe seen images of sea lions and the, how mm. boisterous. And maybe if you've been on the, or the west coast of the states or something like that, um, the, like the stellar sea lions, or or maybe some of the fur seals in Australia, and they're very boisterous and get right in your face. Whereas the grey seals and commons are typically not like that. But this day mm. up on high scare, there was lots around, and with with I think it was kind of a safety and numbers thing, and they all felt quite comfortable and confident. Mm. One actually swam through my legs that day. Uh, <laughs> Is that a big male? Was it? No, it was actually a female. She came like I've, I've actually posted. Well, it's kind of uh, you'll see it on social media at some point because I've uh, I've scheduled it to pop up there. But basically, she swam. She kind of swam towards me and then cut straight down through my legs down oh, into yeah, a crevice yeah. below me and then circled back straight back around. <laughs> so they were all very relaxed and, and comfortable that day, which is pretty special. So mm. and uh, another, it was a pretty good viz as well. So yeah, that was that was a that was a cracker as well. But then we stayed there overnight, didn't we? Because we pitched yeah, a tent yeah. like 
in underneath the lighthouse because the rest of it like it was pretty loads of like um foliage there or whatever it's there's not really any grassy no, bits that you could really a pitch a, a tent so we just pitched it on the concrete or whatever and then i don't know do we not make fajitas or something and yeah sat we, we sat on the sat on, Very the, light, on the lighthouse <laughs> roof and had fajitas and uh yeah watched the uh watch the sunset that was so, like pretty epic like oh to, yeah, yeah yeah like when you you know not many opportunities you could do that but then it's funny i remember funny things like uh like, I was obviously, like, quite semi-worried about the boat and all that kind of stuff because it's just rocky and there's not much sand and all the rest of it. So I think I put out three ridiculous... I think I put out the main anchor and I put out the reserve anchor off the stern and then I put that stern weight thing in as well. Oh, yeah. So she was just, like, rigged up, not moving there's anywhere. Lumps of lead. Uh, uh, but in the next uh, morning, we went to, like, lift it out and obviously, like, jammed in a crevice uh, right. and we were trying to, like, pull all these bloody things out. Did I have to and dive down I think for you? might have to, yeah, yeah. one of them. Uh but at least it was still there or whatever. Yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. woke up in the morning, like unzip the tent, quickly look out. Right, okay, it's fine. Because <laughs> <laughs> the next day was calm again as well. I don't think it was quite as calm, uh, but still a pretty good day. Like, uh, and then we headed up to headed up to Rum. I had a wee landing into that bay, get some bloodstone or whatever, and then down to Call. So that was a that was a pretty epic, like twenty four hours or thirty six hours. Yeah, that west coast of Rum, Rum's uh, quite a mountainous island with not very many people living on it. It's got uh, it's quite well known in I suppose ecological circles because they've done a lot of uh, study mm. of the red deer there. But there's this amazing bay uh, called and, and a hill on the west coast called Bloodstone Hill, and Bloodstone looks a bit like a like jade. And if you're if you're a Kiwi, you'll know what jade looks like, obviously. And uh, but Bloodstone's a bit like jade, um, but it's got it's actually it's not jade. It's actually a quartz, <laughs> although it is green. But it's got this uh, these um, red kind of rivulets of of a different rock uh, called jasper running through it. So it looks like basically these veins running through, like red veins running mm. through green rock. So it's pretty spectacular mm. stuff. Um, and you can literally just walk onto the beach there and, and pick lumps of it off yeah, on the yeah. beach. It's it's amazing. I think back in back in um, uh, Neolithic times and and subsequently it was used uh, as semi precious. So they use it for trade. Mm. And there was a I think there was a site on the Ardnamurchan where they used to process it, um, and it was used for things like uh, I know for one of the uses actually, some of the gladiators in the arena in, in Rome would use it as a talisman mm. of of kind of protection and safety when they're when they're in there. So, yeah, pretty cool. You can just kind of wander onto the beach and and uh, put yeah. to that. So. Well, it's easy for us in the boat because then you just again parked it offshore and then I think we had kayaks with us and just paddled in. Mm. Whereas to get there, I think by foot, I think it's a yeah, well, it's at least a day or yeah, a couple of days to get yeah, there. Yeah, a day walk over. I've done it actually before. Um, and there's a there's a quite a nice bothy there. Mm. Remember, there's there's also a little um, because we stuck our head in. Do you not have a wash in the bloody? Yeah, I jumped in the. <laughs> there's a little waterfall there, so I jumped in the because we'd slept in the tent overnight and uh, I'd been in the wa- salty water the day before. I mm. fancied a wee thing, so I just jumped in the wee burn and wee fall that was there. Yeah. Um, stunning wee bay that one. Um, I remember it was a slightly sketchy. Uh, uh, landing because it was swell. Yeah, that's um, it. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, we got off. We got <laughs> timed off, it all right. We got off fine, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a really a spectacular place that, mm. and a, a good place for eagles. That west coast of Mull as well. I think we've been mm. up, we've been up and down there a few times, and really good. Uh, the white-tailed seagulls, uh, uh, one of the big eagle species we see uh, fairly regularly. So yeah, that's uh, that was pretty special. Um, yeah, pretty epic, uh, epic mission that one. Really cool. Um, right, well, you go next. I'll, I'll crack on then. So my next probably uh, big highlight one was uh, I, th- I think in 2015, um, and we had a bit, we had a really large shark aggregation. So I often get asked 
uh, questions, how many, what's the biggest number of sharks you've seen? And this day was kind of un uncountable sharks, really. Uh, as a pure rough estimate, would we said 50 plus, but it could have been... Um, it could have, we could have just been on the edge of a much larger ag ag aggregation. Uh, it's very hard to tell, but certainly there was blooming dorsal fins and tail fins everywhere. Uh, there's also sharks breaching out the water everywhere. Um, and basically, what what happened is we'd had a, we'd had a new new group come in for a week tour because one of the tours we do is a week long where people come out and stay on call and we do shark stuff, but also loads of other stuff. So we go swim with sweet seals, we'll go exploring Finkel's Cave, we'll do a multitude of different things, go and see all the wildlife and and give people a really good kind of feel for the island out there. But I think on the first day of the tour, it was looking like it was going to be uh, quite windy. So we went out actually oh, on, right, on yeah. the evening before, mm. like they'd arrived that day. And they, this is Laurent. And, yeah, uh, so this was, it was basically technically their arrival day where they basically just That's get right, settled yeah. in. But the next day was going to look, was looking rubbish. So we actually were said, okay. Because we, we died a bit epic sharks that yeah, day. We had we, a, yeah, we had some good sharks that day. So we're like, okay, guys. Uh, it's looking a bit windy tomorrow. Let's get out. Um, let's get out straight away. Since even though you've just arrived, let's go for it. And we oh, went. It was Alan? Was yeah, there, was Alan well. was there. Laron. There was the Swedish guy. I can't remember his name. Yeah. And there was, uh, I think, it was a smaller week week group. That one. It was only four because it, yeah. it was like six people all got ill. And yeah, there was just... a strange, a strange lot of late cancellations. Yeah. So they just had four of them on the whole boat for a week. Yeah. And uh, so basically, we we headed out um, because we had we we knew roughly where the sharks might be because it had been mm. a calm day. The good thing about cam weather out there is it allows us to kind of get a keep an a, a tab on the plankton dynamics. So once you get a big uh, load of wind and waves, uh, that basically there's a lot of mixing occurs, and so um, that basically that changes the dynamics of where the plankton is aggregated. When it's calm weather, we can keep a we obviously the tide pushes and pulls plankton, but that's far more predictable. So we had a good idea where the where the the good plankton aggregation might be, and therefore where the sharks might be. So we went we just headed out. And I remember mm. we came through um, one of our main hotspots, and and basically we we turned right initially, went to the north a little bit. I think we maybe saw one shark, but then mm. I scanned to the south and mm. saw one dorsal fin, two dorsal fin, yeah, three. So, yeah. and we moved into the area, and then suddenly we're we're absolutely yeah, surrounded, to pop, surrounded by sharks. Um, and uh, the, I remember it was it was quite uh, the sun was kind of. Uh, it must have been quite late on because it, it would have been full well, summer. Yeah, so yeah. So sunset would have been. 10 o'clock or yeah, yeah. half past nine. It definitely something. was later on, yeah, for sure. Because uh, we'd had a, already had a full day with the other yeah, guys yeah. of the other tour. So, um, uh, and there was uh, one of the guys, Laurent, he's got a, a, a celebrated uh, French photographer. He got uh, this amazing uh, shot of a basking shark breaching mm. out the water because they do breach. Um, and that was on with, Vimeo, with, I think. Yeah, with yeah. the sun behind it. Uh, and so then we all dropped in to have a swim. And it was just like so special and atmospheric, mm. and yeah, yeah it was quite dark, I guess, was it? Yeah, like, quite so gloomy, relatively and... dark, but yeah, because you got that low sun, you had these amazing fingers oh, of yeah. uh, light or or orange light uh, uh, coming through the water. Um, the, the, there was an absolute soup of plankton in there. It was thick, thick, thick copepods. Um, Did you take a camera? In? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. sure if I remember seeing pictures of that. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I've got a few shots. I think I've I've got another one, another one scheduled to post. Yeah, uh, like... Some really low light atmospheric stuff. Mm. There was a lot. There was loads and loads of lion's mane jellies in there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, lion's mane jellies. One of the one of the ones we see regularly associated with sharks because they're feeding on the same thing. They have these massive long tentacles. They're not they're not dangerous. Uh, the, this thing is actually very mild, um, and uh, um, but they were all over the place as well. And there was mm. just there was a lot of big sharks as well so um 
I'm sure I've mentioned it before, but the biggest basking shark I ever recorded was 12 meters. And there was no 12 meter ones that day, but there was a, a couple of good solid mm. nine, 10 yeah, meter yeah, pushing yeah. ones that day. There were some really, really big solid sharks. Yeah. Um, and uh, and just the numbers of them as well, because you're you're kind of scanning around and there's, oh, there's one, oh, there's another one, oh, there's another one. Yeah. And it was just kind of, yeah, it was quite uncountable, pretty special that. Mm. Um, and I think we just kept swimming until it was just getting too dark and we're like, right, we got to go yeah, yeah. head back now. So. Um, and yeah, that was that was really quite special. That it was an interesting one because that's probably the latest we've ever been out with sharks, and that was pretty late into the evening. Yeah, talking about the vertical migration of plankton, and they are meant to drop down at that time along with the plankton. But it it, it did seem that they were at the surface. Yeah, for I think, that kind of time. I think I'm not sure. Maybe towards the end did they, they start dropping, or was that a part of it? Yeah, I think. I uh, remember I, if we left and they were still there, or it kind of they all dropped away, and it was kind of a natural end to it, or not. I, I think in a, I think in tidal fronts, it's yeah, maybe it's, it, a, bit more it's, it's a bit of a change uh, in the dynamics there. Mm. So I think when you've got um, more less tidally affected water, where mm. thermal stratification takes over a bit more, yeah, yeah, then yeah, yeah. then you get you tend to get this uh, reverse eel migration happening. Mm. Whereas in tidal fronts, uh, it's def- certainly the tide takes over. It's been interesting uh, study that. Yeah. yeah, because the plankton. Uh, is is more uh, affected by what the, it's it's basically at the mercy of the tidal mm. currents because they're that that's the stronger force in that area, yeah, yeah. Um, so they've got less choice about what what they're doing mm. um, in the in the water column, I suppose. And yeah, that was a special one. That that was just mental, just mm. sharks everywhere, and mm. you, you get to. It's quite interesting when you're when you're in the water like that. You kind of you drop in, and we always keep our the groups. Um, uh, uh, small in the water and generally we we oops, oh, sorry i just bumped the mic there um generally we uh we we you'll, you'll always have a guide in the water and a maximum of four people and we generally stay as a as a relatively close unit and then the boat will kind of pick come pick us up once we've had our encounters uh, but this time there were so many sharks around i think we just spread out uh a little yeah, bit that's it. And, we'll be uh, four, so. yeah we spread out and there's no one else uh, around we were on our own that no, was another thing as yeah, well yeah so everyone just kind of had had their own amazing own yeah. personal experiences and encounters and like where else in the world are you going to have that like yeah. no one else around sunset sharks yeah absolutely ridiculous off the off the chain yeah it was it was really incredible um, so you're basically yeah imagine being in a uh, a school of 50 plus giant sharks and mm. yeah you've got you and three other people in the water so yeah that was pretty insane that day um very memorable um and i think um yeah just yeah just a special one that mm. really really cool i did get a couple of shots as well which I'd, I'd been wanting to get there's we don't allow it on our tours because it generally will scare the sharks if you don't know how to approach them but we don't allow free diving beside the sharks but i remember in that thing uh, on that in that scenario um I've sp- i'd spent enough time in the water a couple of years now that i felt comfortable and i uh, dropped down below one of the sharks well it, i just dropped down and it, mm. it it didn't see me at all. Mm. I dropped down well, well away from it. Dropped way down. I was maybe about 15 meters. And then the shark passed over the top of me. Mm-hmm. And so I got a shot looking up at it. Um, and then I, it, 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 it passed on. And then I surfaced. Mm. So the shark never knew I was there. That's cool. uh, but that was uh, that was pretty epic. And yeah, yeah. although yeah, I had the heart racing a little bit because there was when you're <laughs> when you're when there's lots of sharks around like that, you yeah. kind of you've got definitely got to keep a 360. Uh, awareness of what's going on around you. not that they're dangerous animals but just they're they're large animals mm. so you don't want to be and obviously we don't want to disturb them either so they're they're there to feed and we want to kind of um be there observe them and and uh and not affect them in any way so yeah that was a that was a special one yeah that's cool yeah cool so you want to yeah, yeah well your... next one's actually quite timely in that because it was actually i think it was 
Oh, it can't be the next day because the next day was meant to be windy, wasn't it? Because that's when we went out that night. I think the next day what we did, it was windy, but I think, did we not go out just late on in the day? Just And then we saw some just at the entrance of the harbour or something. But I think it was the next again day it must have been, and it was super calm. But that was when we were way up on the north coast. Um, uh, and the only thing I remember about this, uh, and I think that was another day where we just saw loads and loads and loads and loads. I think it was maybe the best day of the trip in terms of numbers because uh, we anchored. Oh, and it's yeah. a, that's the only time we've ever done it because that was always something we joke about like oh you know imagine if there was so many sharks around we could just anchor and not motor around and that was it we were just they were kind of there was sort of in a bay yeah they were a yeah. coast-ish yeah. it wasn't too enclosed but it was kind of it was open enough but they were they just seemed to be moving up and down back and forward not moving around too much mm. and they, I guess they may be just following the current and then going round, round and then just doing a kind of circuit mm. uh so basically we kind of positioned the boat where there was a bit of sand uh, and that gave us kind of quite easy access to where they were going and kind of like that, uh, the scenario you just mentioned about where they were just cruising around and you could all spread out, we just did that, anchored the boat and then everyone just jumped in and again it was just the four guests so again you know had the unlimited uh, time and then everyone just spread out and the sharks were just moving around back and forward back and forward not bothered at all and just doing mm -hmm, figures of eights mm -hmm. and everyone was just there filling their boots i think we stayed there all afternoon and i think i remember that one because i paddled off uh, and then just went and sat in this little rock that was sticking up in oh, the middle yeah. of nowhere and then i was kind of videoing you guys from there uh but i think that's the only ever time we've ever managed to anchor uh while doing shark swimming operations yeah that which was is, that was pretty nuts Another thing, maybe, maybe I don't know, maybe people don't want to hear about this, but it's memorable for me because I was absolutely desperate for the toilet at one point and I got out of the water and was having a, going to the toilet. <laughs> but but the, 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 the drop-off so close there that I had shark, a basking shark. Well, two, oh, there was a train of them. It was like two or three of them passed behind me like yeah. two metres away <laughs> while I was stood out of the water having a, having a pee on the rocks and then, and then, yeah. uh, and then just uh, suited back up and, and hopped back in so yeah it was quite uh it was pretty mental that um one of the cool things that can happen as well as tidal effects on, on plankton you can get kind of sometimes if you've got a onshore wind for a few mm. days that'll that'll blow the plankton into these shallow bays and, and tends to aggregate it because basically the basking sharks will always be targeting those areas where you're going to get most bang most bang for their buck so they're filter feeding as soon as they open their mouth that's an energetic cost to them so they basically want mm. to get in as much plankton in as possible so that's why they target these areas the tidal tidal areas uh, and these bays sometimes where you get good plankton aggregation so mm. yeah that, that was uh that was a good day that was I'm, I, I hope those guys realize how how good they got that i week. don't think they do <laughs> no way they do <laughs> yeah because sometimes uh yeah obviously people people come out uh, on our trips and and maybe some of you guys will come out in future and and they have an expectation which is understandable of our, our trips you come out because you want to swim with the second biggest shark in the world and everyone wants to get the best of the best um and you um but it, it's not it's not always the case you get the best of the best because it's wildlife and there's weather so uh, mm. but when the when the two things combine you really hope that the people are there, are there yeah, kind yeah, of realizing yeah. that it's it's not a blue planet to experience every, every, <laughs> every, every time you get in the water but certainly that week was yeah because that was, trip we went to that was when we've tied i think it's maybe the only time we've tied up in fingal's cave next to the rocks and it was mm. absolutely mental yeah, calm first yeah. thing in the morning and then we were all just swimming in and again there was no one there it was super early in the morning we had the whole cave to ourselves four people mm. and it was like so flat calm the boat was fine tied up on the actual columns in the side of the cave 
uh, and because I, I got I remember I've got a picture looking out the back and the boat's kind of sat there. So funny, eh? Yeah. To have that all that in one week was just ridiculous. Yeah, pretty special. So I'm not sure they sort of just assumed this is what it was like all the time. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh yeah, that was cool, and it was just like, uh, no, that's like yeah. absolutely <laughs> amazing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We do get, uh, <laughs> we do, we as we've said mentioned previously, we do get a mix of weather. Um, even if it's, we we can still get get issue with the sharks when it's uh, mm-hmm. when it's when it's not as good weather, and we still have great weeks when it's not flat cam conditions but it's just when it's that flat cam it just yeah. makes it that bit easier sightings of sharks is yeah. easier uh, knowledge of where the plankton will be is that much easier uh, managing the boat uh close inshore is that much easier um and it just yeah makes our life a bit easier um yeah and it, interesting you say that actually because fingal's cave is, is another one on my list All actually right. and it's not yeah. not really a particular uh particular moment of being in fingal's cave really um fingal's cave is a an incredible cave on the island of Staffa. Um, and the, the island was formed from lava, basically, about uh, 50, 60 million years ago. And, and lava cooled very slowly. You've got these amazing basalt columns. If you've if you've been to the Giant's Causeway in Ireland, you'll know the, the feature. But basically, these columns uh, create a huge cave, which goes about 70 meters back into the rock. And we take, yeah, you can actually snorkel in there. So it's quite a touristy spot for tour boats. But mm. we generally go there when there's no boats around and we'll, we'll swim in there uh, with our with our guests. And it's just one of the most atmospheric places I think I'll ever been. Uh, ever been uh, kind of swimming to the back of the cave and looking out is mm. uh, is really really quite special. Every single time I go in there, I get the get the tingles uh, from just being in that place. Um, and and then you can free dive down, and you've got these sheer sided uh, bits, and you've got these really nice kind of rounded cobbly boulders in the bottom, and you can just like kind of go down there and grab a boulder and lie back mm. and look up, and uh, just uh, the atmosphere of the place is is really quite uh, special. Mm-hmm. And then there's a couple of other really interesting caves there as well. There's another interesting cave called Boat Cave, just around from Fingals, where you've got this really beautiful sculpted uh, bottom. Again, these are features that will have been carved out over millions of years by the by the pounding of the of the Atlantic. And then uh, I can't remember which year it is. We found the really that special little cave. Is that not the free dive trip? I was trying to think. Yeah, it might have been. Was. Maybe 2017, 2018. I think it might have been the free dive trip because we'd anchored in the bay, and I think I was in the water, and then. Uh, you were with the guys messing around and I think I came down, down, drop you at Fingo's and then went and anchored and then I kind of met you halfway. Right. And then I remember you coming out like uh, from the other side going, oh, I just found this bit that went all the way through and I was like, what? And you go, oh, you need to go right round and go and have a look. Yeah, Because uh, yeah. I think we'd kind of half knew about something but never really saw it. No, yeah. Or found it before. So basically what we found was this little, this tiny little, well, there's a big, generally the caves are a large cavern. So it's not, mm. it's not like cave diving. So they're, they're, they're big, wide-open caverns, so you're just snorkeling in. There's, there's not, they're not dangerous at all. This little passage we found was mm. not dangerous either. It was just a tight little swim through connecting two big caverns, with a with a tight little uh, mm. swim through the rocks, and it it was just like this little hidden kind of uh, uh, <laughs> route to another world almost, yeah. and uh, with a bit of swell just kind of going through <laughs> it. And so we just, yeah. yeah, that was an amazing little find that as well. Really, because I think the vis was really good on that bay as well on the other side. So when you came out, it was obviously dark in the little passage, and then and it just opened water. up into this. Yeah, 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 really cool. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. Like, um, it'd be interesting to actually to, to how much little hidden spots are in staff. Yeah, oh, yeah. There must be a lot of that kind of stuff, like blowholes and yeah, yeah, underwater sure, caves yeah. and uh, and lots of that kind mm. of lots of that kind of stuff. Um, yeah like yeah it's such a cool place even just to land there on a stormy day as well like uh mm. to be there when there's um when the when it's real there's a big southwesterly swell and it's not possible to swim but just to see the swell pounding in there and you've got this um i do a bit of surf photography as well so you've got this amazing barreling left-hander uh just in front of mm-hmm. the cave as well which is always 
always uh, atmospheric as well so yeah pretty special place and then you've got Iona just to the south and kind of Ben Moore on Mull just uh, hanging over you so yeah pretty pretty awesome spot that one um yeah so that's definitely up there for for one of mine for mm. sure yeah that's cool um uh i've got one on the list there but you probably want to tell the story because um uh, you probably uh, saw it a bit better than i did um but uh, this was 2016 i think midsummer or whatever and uh we were hanging about uh i think looking for sharks and we'd kind of stop parked the boat or not parked the boat but we we're just drifting looking around and there was a few things a few seals around and it was kind of in an area where not sure if we'd seen them earlier in the day or or it's just the place that we go to quite a lot and uh we were kind of just well hoping we were going to see some fins or they were going to pop up if the tide changed or something like that um and then i think we all thought we were looking at seals because there are seals around there and then look had his binos there uh and um uh well you can really tell it from there because you got like way more excited about it you yeah i think yeah, this was the, this was the occasion i think we'd been down uh to scary Vore oh, that that's day, right. yeah, which yeah, is a yeah, lighthouse was yeah it was actually quite a special day yeah um, and i remember it as well that because Anne marie was there who was also all oh, right yeah yeah that, and hubie was it and that flat cam day and yeah and hubie um as well there as well i think so yeah yeah he was there so a couple yeah. of our, our regular returnees were there hmm. and we'd been down to this really cool lighthouse called scary Vore off the bottom of tyree looking for yeah. sharks and then we worked our way back up to gunnison one of our other major hotspots and we were just, yeah, as, saying, as Shane was saying, we're just floating there. I think we we're doing a bit of plankton sampling, just checking out what the oh, plankton yeah, situation right. was. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's one of the ways we'll actually try and uh, target our searches by looking at where the, the food is for the sharks. So put our place in. If you're basically, if you're where the food is, there's you're likely uh, going to be where the sharks are as well. Mm. Uh, and yeah, I was just scanning around with the binos while we were plankton sampling. And, uh, and I think Anne-Marie actually said, is that a seal? Mm. And uh, as soon as I got the binos on it, I knew it was a leatherback turtle. Because I saw, uh, I've never seen a leatherback before in my entire life, but as soon as I saw that shell, you could yeah. definitely tell the nobbles along the top of the shell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I saw it lift its head out of the water and they've got these amazing, like the 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 upper mandible is very distinctive yeah, when it yeah. opens its mouth. Yeah. It's kind of like that kind of yeah. triple locking kind of uh, weird kind of spiky look yeah, yeah. to it. That's all right. Sorry, I just bumped the mic. Um, so yeah, <clears throat> it's got that, it's got that, uh, that triple kind of, uh, really strange upper mandible yeah, yeah. where it kind of locks in and even though it was rel- oh, I can't remember how far it was maybe 50 metres it was so distinctive in the binos yeah. and I knew exactly what it was as soon as I and I was shouting out like a mad person just like <laughs> uh, and uh, and we saw, we saw it maybe you know I just start repeating it we're like let the back turtle let the back turtle yeah, yeah, let the back turtle yeah, yeah. and everyone was like jumping up and down going oh, 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 <laughs> trying to get like cameras and look through the binos and all yeah. the rest of it but we didn't get it was it was only on the surface for maybe 10 20 yeah, seconds yeah. and then uh and then it was dropped down so uh uh, yeah, that was uh, that was all we and they've got a breath hold of about an hour and a half leatherback. So yeah, because we... I think we all googled it at that point because they were like, oh, how long how long does a breath hold in a leatherback? And we're like, oh, not really sure to be honest. Yeah, like, yeah. I think it's relatively long, but not really sure. And then yeah, I think we googled it and it was something like yeah, ninety minutes. And I was like, all right, okay. Yeah, we're not seeing that one again. Because I think yeah. we sort of half. Did we not hang around for another we half ha- an hour? We hang around for a bit just, just in case. Yeah, you n- you never know. You might you might have popped up again. There might have been. Must have popped up somewhere. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so people don't maybe not know that there's you get turtles in Scotland. Uh, think of cold waters and turtles. People don't associate that with. Mm. As I mentioned earlier, we've got we are Gulf Stream affected uh, on the west coast of Scotland. We also have an abundance of jellyfish. So, and that's what the leatherbacks have done. That animal has come all the way from the Caribbean yeah. uh, via probably following the Gulf Stream to the west coast of Scotland, um, and it's there to munch on our big lines, mains, yeah. and barrel jellyfish and that kind of thing. So that's why they're there. Um, it seems crazy to go a, such a distance for such uh, energy poor, um, poor kind of um, food stuff. That was one of my favourite facts Shane came out with this year. The uh, the calorific value of a barrel jellyfish is the same <laughs> as, a, as a digestive biscuit. So uh, you don't get a lot, but there's just so many of them uh, that, that it's worth their while. And uh, so to see that, see basically one of the rarest things you could probably see in Scotland wildlife wise, and as a as a, a marine biologist and a, a wildlife fan to see that, I think I was uh, uh, definitely was I had a good adrenaline hit when I when I saw that one. That's probably it is probably the rarest. If you think like things things that you have like you know, an opportunity to see, not something that would like totally randomly swim in or mm. whatever. Um, that you know is known to inhabit the water, so you know it does it is known to come, but it's very rare to see it that's probably like the yeah 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 i can't really think of any i think springs to mind maybe uh, like a thresher or something like we've never yeah, seen one yeah. of them they might yeah. turn up from time to time mm -hmm. but leatherbacks like so iconic yeah yeah uh, so the biggest it could be way half a ton the things are absolutely yeah. massive and to see a an animal like that in scottish waters is just unbelievable so that was a that was a special day but you got a better look at one this year didn't you yeah yeah still no picture though because after that one the, the one we were just talking about remember i remember it really vividly like look jumping up and down i think i looked through the binos and then i was like oh camera and i was at the back of the boat and then i ran to the cabin to get the camera and then i think by the time i'd jumped down ran to the camera opened up the bag took the camera got to the back it kind of dropped down and uh, i was yeah, like yeah, god yeah. damn it and then it was the same this year like we the same well, I don't remember that. Well, I guess if we'd went to Sakarivor, it must have been pretty calm that day. But I think I remember a, a very calm day again this year. And it was the same sort of thing. It's hard to it pick them up. It was in a up. very similar location, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, almost exactly the same, to be honest. That's Maybe like a, 100 metres, few years. Meters. You're a few years apart there. And Maybe it was the same turtle. You're almost like in the exactly the same location. It's nuts. Uh, and then... Uh, I don't think I saw it, but I think there was people, everyone was out the back because I think there were sharks about and then, you know, they dropped down or something and they popped up over there. So everyone was kind of just scanning around trying to, you know, pick out where the shark was. And then I think, I can't remember who it was, but maybe it was Rosie or something like that said, was looking and they thought it was a seal. And then someone else saw it really well. and was like, no, no, that's a turtle. And then like, I think because they thought it was a seal, it would just be like up, swimming up and down and cruising around. And I think we were moving at the time doing like a couple of knots or whatever. Uh, and I think I was I was at the helm, of course, and then uh, I think I was looking out the right the starboard side window uh, somewhere else, and then they all started making a commotion, and then I turned around to look see what they were looking at, and then turned around and saw it, but then you know we were almost somebody on top of it, yeah, really, well. and then my camera was over there, and then I had to stop the boat, and then by the time I'd like done that, stopped the boat, looked out the window, I'd gone again, yeah, right. <laughs> but I got an amazing view just out like the port side window, like like it filled the hole, so it was like. Don't know, five meters away from the boat, ten wow, meters, very, really very close. So I've got a brilliant picture in my mind of what it looked at, but still yeah, no yeah. bloody picture. So gutted about that. Yeah, that's. Uh, that's and, there, and there was other people who saw turtles a few times. Yeah, that, yeah. There's a few uh, past. up by the small isles. Yeah, that were yeah, up yeah. There and, there and people got really good sightings. Like saw them for like maybe five mm. minutes on the surface. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. So one of the guys, I think he just it was a classic thing. It's like an amazing wildlife video, but it was shot on his phone. <laughs> just as it, as it cruised along That's beside it. their boat for a little kind of breathing up and then and then dropped away so yeah. 
yeah that was pretty special yeah i'd love to get a really cool picture of it like they're oh, yeah. so so cool yeah i think i think uh good pictures of leatherbacks are fairly few obviously yeah. they're on land they're easy to photograph because they're they're going slow so that the nesting areas it's quite mm. easier uh, I know of uh, there's a really nice uh, Brian Scary one from the Azores where oh, that's there's right, one yeah. eating one of those big um, yeah, pyrosomes yeah, yeah. or pyrosomes I can't remember yeah, how, yeah, how you pronounce yeah. it. Uh, it looks like a giant underwater marshmallow. Yep, that's a really cool picture uh, and a quite a rare one. I think one actually feeding. Um, but so yeah, to to even get a topside one in in Scotland yeah, would yeah. be pretty special. That really really cool. One washed up in blooming. Uh, was it? Um, it was Essex. You hear that earlier oh, this yeah, yeah. earlier this month right, there was yeah. leatherback in Essex, which is mm. on the east coast of England, which is very unusual, uh, dead. Um, so whether it died out mm. further out and then it's washed up the channel and then washed ashore, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, very strange that because that year we first had them up here, there was quite a few strandings after the summer because I think that was the same. Was it twenty four? It was twenty fifteen, maybe. I think we had some warm water or whatever, and maybe the the autumn came in pretty hard mm. and then. Uh, it seemed like there was quite a few strandings for some reason. I oh, think that's maybe what they, uh, they they put it down to that mm. the water temperature dropped quite a bit, and then you know they maybe got kind of yes. Was it they're if they're relying on uh, on slightly elevated temperatures and jellyfish, and then there's mm. that, not that, mm. and then they've got uh, they've got the Atlantic to cross back over. Yeah, maybe yeah, it's exactly, uh, maybe yeah. it's hard for them. Yeah, um, I'm not sure if there's been much work really done on their studying their migration path around here you know there obviously is a sightings network and people log that kind of stuff but i'm not sure if there's very much uh no i don't know of anyone that's actually we log the sightings with be, the turtle yeah i think it'd be so hard to do i UK suppose uh like if you want oh, yeah. if, like trying to find <laughs> trying to find a leatherback to tag over here would have to would be would be pretty hard no chance, so yeah. yeah it would be epic to it would be also obviously awesome oh, to yeah. do though because to, to find out how, how how a leatherback in Scotland utilizes the different areas and then heads back across the Atlantic would be pretty special. Yeah, yeah, that'd be really cool. Actually. Well, you'd think it would be. I guess maybe we're we're we've got a higher chance of seeing them because we're if they're feeding on jellyfish, the jellyfish are fishing, feeding on the plankton, and then sharks are feeding on the plankton. Yeah, so we're probably so we're in the same in, area. In the right so if you're going to find yeah. them. We're kind of in the spot or whatever, because wherever you find the sharks, it's maybe where you get. Yeah, well, jellies. certainly Ghana is uh, going to sound one of our Plus major. Plus, the tide going through, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. One yeah. of these places. That's but... it. Yeah, um, quite a good food source for. You them, work right? out how many hours, how many hours we've spent versus how many leatherbacks yeah, we've yeah. seen. So two leatherbacks That's a lot versus. Of, uh... I'm not sure you could base a, base a PhD on that. That's for sure. <laughs> two leatherbacks every six, six years. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, but that was yeah pretty special. Uh, mm, certainly, the, certainly the first one. To get, so I'm quite jealous. I missed out on the really good look at it this year. So uh, um, yeah, still no one got pictures though. There's no. loads of people. And they all looked at it. At the yeah, back. yeah. But it's sick? almost that quick thing. They're like, you see it, but you don't believe it. Yeah. And yeah, by the time yeah. you've realised what it is, saw it, reacted. Yeah. And then I think I'd be the same. I'd just be so amazed because uh, I'd just. Because it does stop you in your tracks. Yeah, like, I'd be just so amazed looking at the thing. I'd just be gobsmacked mm. and uh, and barely unable to. To actually think to go and grab a grab a camera unless it was hanging around your neck and it was already yeah yeah you just lifted it up and then bang or whatever yeah, yeah, but yeah for sure um but yeah really really uh yeah. cool looking things uh is it my turn to do one i think so oh cool um well i've got a couple other ones uh certainly um since we're kind of uh, talking about shark stuff at the moment um one of the other highlights for me is probably related to our shark research trips so um, we're based in Oban currently, uh, and all our shark trips over the summer months, they run in the Inner Hebrides, around the islands of Col and Tyree. 
and uh but we have run over the years a few kind of more research focused trips so our main our main trips are, are are generally wildlife tours so we are gathering data around the sharks so size and sex data and behavioral stuff and, and this kind of things but there's other scientific things like uh more involved plankton sampling or photo id and these kind of things have to take a bit of a back seat just because our main goals are to get and get uh, the people that come out with this great great uh, wildlife experiences so uh, so that's our priority. So the science stuff takes a little bit of a backseat. But so we run uh, research trips um, at a different time of year, slightly later in the season. And that kind of focuses on the shark suddenly migration as they move away from the Hebrides uh, and as they, as they head south. So some of these sharks will go as far as the Azores uh, of Northwest Africa. There was one shark tagged and it crossed the Atlantic. And so we're, we're at the kind of the apex of the migration. And so we're looking at the dynamics of as they move south. So one of the areas we targeted for looking at them was in the Clyde, which is the area near Glasgow. And uh, uh, it was also the area the sharks were last hunted. So in 1994, the last, last sharks were, were killed, so relatively recently. So we kind of went there for two reasons. One, because we'd heard sightings from there. Two, it was the last place they were hunted. Uh, we were looking whether there was any kind of bounce back in that population. Um, and so the first year we went down there based mm-hmm. uh, based on some some good sightings over the, the couple of previous years. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, I think Shane had Shane's got a bit of a network of people he knows down there, and people were submitting things to him. And so we're thinking, well, there's there's obviously a good number of sharks down there at this that time of year. Mm. Um, and historically, there's been really good numbers like uh, of sharks down there as well. Mm. If you look back through, it the always end. seemed to be a new thing though, because like obviously like Howard and all that, they were fishing them. That was more like it was summer based, and obviously it was a lot more. Uh, uh, you know, if you were looking at it on a piece of paper, it would be summer would be the time that you would see them more. But it was certainly that uh, the the autumn was there was a time that there was a peak again. But mm. it seemed to be a recent thing, mm, um, and that's why that kind of well, I don't know, piqued our interest after the summer. And we kind of thought, well, I wonder if that's related because obviously things are changing a lot. And, yeah, yeah. Um, well, so it's just so. Uh, because you've got a planktivorous animal, it's so dynamic, I suppose. From mm. you've got these seasonal variations in plankton abundance, so maybe just over the last uh, over the last decade, that conditions mm. in that area have have, uh, have been beneficial for uh, um, good plankton mm. uh, uh, productivity and, and good uh, plankton yeah, numbers yeah, yeah. for the sharks to feed. So uh, maybe that's what changed mm. in that area. But certainly, there was just uh, there was a, a time in that first year. Um, which was uh, it was just it was pretty memorable because Shane had organised this uh, area to stay down there, which were these nice little kind of uh, lodges right on the shore, mm. uh, and that was our base for the for the, the two three weeks we were down there, uh, and every day we went out. So we we, we found sharks initially. Um, uh, I think we had a little bit of a quiet couple of days at the start, and then we we found yep. sharks. We had some really good, uh, yep. huge amounts of plankton, like uh, plankton yeah. uh, sampling uh, records off the scales, yep. uh, and a lot and some really nice shark encounters. And then we had this like uh, so strong easily. southeasterly wind start mm. to blow, and basically what that did was, it, um, it's kind of a it's a, it's quite a fjord like uh, thing uh, area there. Mm. So we're not in open ocean, in in the you've got these they call them kyles or sea lochs or they're very similar to fjords if you know what a fjord is, uh, where you've uh, um, you've got uh, deep uh, seawater but it runs quite far inland, mm. and the wind was basically blowing right up these uh, these um, deep sea lochs. And basically, it was pushing all the plankton right into our doorsteps. Mm. So we had one day where we it was almost like a little hook of a land spit as well. Yeah, it was yeah. almost holding it in, wasn't it? Yeah. So we went out. We went out uh, a couple of days, and we had good shark sightings. We went out this next day, and we basically rounded the the mark <laughs> on the point, and there was a shark right there. 
and basically they progressed around the corner so that you could yeah, have sat yeah. on the balcony of the lodges yeah. we were staying at and looked at basking sharks swimming yeah. off the front which is just un- unthinkable <laughs> to, to 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 choose to go down there and do some some uh um some research um because we knew there were good numbers but still not knowing the kind of yeah uh, the area as well as we know the area up here uh, and then to pick a place to stay and then for them to sharks literally be on a doorstep you could have yeah literally sat there had drinking a cup of coffee in the morning and watching bass and shorts swimming around the bay right in front of you so especially when they'd said they'd never seen them there before yeah yeah so the, yeah, whether the, that whether they've been there and people haven't noticed mm. uh you know because maybe it was i don't know what would it have been two three hundred meters from the yeah, shore yeah. i suppose so i guess if you weren't really looking for them and you know that that kind of thing but to like have all that all come together and that circumstance was just unbelievably yeah it was phenomenal yeah and we had again it was just thick plankton i remember it mm. being very there was quite a lot of phytoplankton in the water so visible in the ore wasn't uh wasn't great so you're kind of peering through the uh (laughs) peering through the murk and having these big sharks emerging from the uh from the plankton and it was just really really incredible and they were there Mm. just there and we had a we had some really nice results from that as well because we had some resightings over a few different days. So yeah, we we're, yeah. were doing a bit of photo ID and looking at dorsal fins, and then we managed to resight a couple of individuals from those days over a period of days, and then actually track how they moved around the coast to another another a few different sites. Mm. Uh, just kind of uh, uh, it was really nice to get, actually get a little bit of data out of that. Yeah, and actually yeah. see how, that was a nice part of it. It like was not... a usable method, a photo ID for sharks. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, which has to be done before, and it's it's a it's a nice uh, uh, method as it kind of you can look at things like site fidelity, where sharks are using sites mm. year on year or day on day. So so certainly we managed to prove there was short term site fidelity of basking sharks in in a in this mm. uh, kind of in a in a, a, a environment you probably wouldn't typically think of them in, mm. which was really interesting. Mm. Uh, and then look at how they're moved around the coast. Uh, the coast because they moved to the other side of the peninsula. Yeah, didn't they? yeah. the other side. So this is loads. It's really cool how we got some really good data as well, like some really mm. really cool scientific stuff going on. Yeah, so that, that was cool. It was just so it just worked so well from that point of view. Like it was just so pleasing that it all kind of just amazing that. Yeah, that, yeah. Really cool to have that. But it's such a movable feast. So we had a then we had a couple, mm. the next year was quite quiet, and then we had uh, the year after that we had some good sightings again. So it's uh, um, they they are they are trips that we actually take people on uh, and to do to do research and and get involved in the scientific side of things. But we kind of deduced in the end that uh, for the time being we kind of put them put them on ice for a little bit just until we get the idea of uh, of. Um, of what's happening in that area a bit better and then we'll maybe focus some of the research efforts a bit more on the and the basking mm-hmm. sharks around this area uh, during our season um or, or the kind of the tail end of the season because uh, we it's a, as we've said before we can get sharks early here up, up in kind of the hebrides and we can get them late and it's actually quite interesting to look at the dynamics of what's mm-hmm. happening there when they're when the bulk are coming into the area and in what in what conditions and when the bulk are leaving the area and mm-hmm. in what conditions so yeah, it's something we're kind of uh, we'll be pressing on with in in future. Um, have you got any more? Uh, well, there's quite a, well, there's lots of other wee things, but I guess that covers like some of the like absolute top drawer mental things that went on. But maybe we should mention some of the Norway stuff because obviously we've had pretty mind blowing uh, wildlife stuff happen over there as well. I guess if you're if you're talking about it from from the best of the best or whatever. Um, but I guess we could just mention a few of those ones, but probably, well, I'm not sure. Like This year was obviously pretty epic with what happened, but maybe that year, I'm not sure if it was your first year or not. Yeah, I think it was, when, yeah. Uh, which, oh, I don't know, was that 2014, 2015, something like that? 
But 2015, that was a pretty good year. <laughs> I think it was 2015, uh, to be honest. Or was it after the 2015? Yeah, I, I think it was... January 2015. No. Yeah, Jan it was January 2015, I think. Must uh, have been. No, it would have been January of 2016. Is that not when we took care of though? Uh, I think it was the year after that, yeah. Right. It would have been. Um, yeah, so uh, obviously <clears throat> you, might, you might know that we do trips over to Norway to um, go and swim with uh, orcas and humpbacks and stuff, but where we were uh this was um we had a period of very good weather um very calm and then over there when you have that uh you're in quite a big fjord with uh, mountains either side uh, and then uh, we have this kind of long dawn and dusk that's so all lit up pink and orange and stuff really cool um but just this few days seemed to be all again like what happens with the sharks and stuff you just seem to have this peak period where everything happens and i think the orca pushed everything into these bays up in this uh, uh, kind of bay and coastline um, a little bit far away so it was maybe about an hour's trip on the boat um, but it seemed to be all going off at that time uh, and there was just like orca everywhere and humpbacks coming in and you'd see orcas go through and then humpbacks come underneath and then that's when we had fin whales and we all we were mm. we didn't I don't think we didn't ever tried to to go in with the fin whales intentionally but we were just basically like some of the the shark encounters that we were just kind of floating around and things was just passing by it was like being at a yeah right place a, right a junction or whatever mm. of a busy road there was just things going everywhere and then you know just out of pure luck fin whales came underneath you which was absolutely ridiculous mm. um and then that was the same time i think at the end of one of the days uh, the orca had pushed, or humpbacks, I guess, as well. They pushed them into this bay, and then there was this huge, big surf break, and then the the heron were almost sitting behind the surf. So it was this crazy bay, and these huge, big swells slamming in, and then these orca were just working back and forward in the back of it. And then we had all this, you know, uh, it must have been the end of the day because we had this pink sunset light, and it was just yeah, absolutely incredible, yeah. ridiculous, just set of like conditions that were going on how calm it was the light conditions the swell on the beach bloody orcas going back and forward the only thing i think they think the viz because of the swell it wasn't really that good because mm. i think if I, I stayed on the boat because i was just enjoying taking pictures of everyone uh because uh, it was really cool to see you know the the, the big fins because it was a big male i think though that particular picture i've got of you uh, the big male was going back and forward but from the boat it looked like it was absolutely like ridiculous encounters because it looked so close to you mm. uh, but I seem to remember like oh you know everyone was going nuts in the boat going oh how amazing was that and it was like I couldn't see it and it was like <laughs> what it's like I don't yeah, know I think seven was... meters long and it was right next to you I think there was definitely one of those times I got some really good encounters don't get me wrong but um, I think there were that that picture that you've got of me where it looks like I'm almost on top of the yeah. whale I couldn't see it. And it was a, I think it was a mixture of that swell, but also it was just destroying herring. Oh, yeah, that's right. And so yeah. there was so much like guts and scale, <laughs> and scales in the water and herring detritus that uh, that it couldn't see it. So I was just, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, that was quite cool. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a special picture one. I'll, uh, I'll definitely treasure that one because it's, uh, uh, yeah, to be in the uh, water with the big, the big boys, the big males is particularly impressive mm. when you're when you're close to them. Um, yeah, really, really cool. It was cool just to kind of float. Uh, they were kind of just doing their things, and we were just kind of just on the edge of it, observing them, and they were just kind of cracking on with it. It was uh, yeah, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, that's like almost the perfect situation. If it was mm. just maybe like I don't know, there's a little bit more water mixing or something, it was yeah. a bit clearer. That that would have been epic because I seem to remember them. Was it not the southern or western end? I can't remember how, what way that 
Bay faces mm. its northwest to be the southwest corner because I think we were first trying to get in at that side, and I seem to remember it being quite nice, but I don't think it we ever managed to get lined up that well, and then mm. we migrated across to the other side of the bay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was it was interesting actually, kind of watching what how they what the orca were doing because I think on when they were there was a lot of humpbacks around, and I think mm. and I've read other accounts like this when they're in deeper mm. water, the orca do a lot of the carousel carouseling and the rounding up. And then the uh, the humpbacks just nail it and take it take yeah, all yeah, the fish. Yeah. But so it looked like the orca were actually doing the, the that uh, more like the trapping behavior. So mm. they're pushing in them into the shallows where they can still they're still aggregated, but they're less uh, less 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 easy for the humpbacks to get yeah, in there because yeah, yeah. it's shallower water. But there, I definitely remember one time I was on the edge of that herring in there, and there was a humpback just like powering towards me <laughs> along the edge along the edge of the uh, along the edge of the bait ball, ready to smash. Um, yeah, but uh, it was just it was just cruising. Um, and uh yeah that was special and then this year with that we had another uh another great encounter where we had again an orca carousel feeding it was at the last light on, mm. the, on the last day of the trip uh we'd had other really nice encounters throughout the throughout the week and a lot of good humpback encounters uh but on that last day the the herring just started we were just floating their engines off herring just started boiling beside the boat mm. uh and uh we slipped in and uh, we had orca carousel feeding I, I remember looking i slipped in and looked straight down in a male kind of tail slapping uh um uh tail slapping on the uh on the herring and then they were kind of cruising around we were just kind of uh split up there was maybe uh five of us in the water um kind of spread quite far out and then uh uh, and then yeah the orca were feeding away and it was it was just unbelievable underwater like it was it was definitely one of the or if not the best uh wildlife encounter i've ever had just because of the intensity of it and the yeah, number of yeah. orca and mm. I, I remember at one point i was looking along the edge of the the bait ball and this uh, mother and calf and uh, another, another uh kind of sub-adult just came cruising mm. towards me and just like eyeballed me and just straight by and carried on and uh it was just unbelievable and it would, again with that low light and we had this uh it was yeah, just a little yeah. tricky for the cameras so the footage i've got footage and images of the encounter but it's all a bit grainy but yeah. it, it kind of uh it, it doesn't really matter because it was just such a, a special encounter and then the whole thing with the crescendo of which was um uh, once the bait ball was a little bit smaller as after the orca had been working away a humpback came well there's actually two of them but one of them came right up to the surface and lunge fed <laughs> right in front of uh, right in front of me and one of our guests liz uh, we were literally on the bow wave as it came through this uh, bait ball. Uh, and yeah, that, I, I remember being, I felt slightly concussed for about three hours after that because yeah. it was just so, the, the <laughs> it was just so overwhelming to see that, see that, that close up and doing that kind of behavior and you're literally right there. Was, How did that differ from the one before though? Because it was that same one we had that same year we just talked about because uh, yeah. you had the so had that Italian one. lady and yeah. that was, that was really close, close as, well. as well. That was, that was diff that differed because uh, so Shane was just referring to one uh, another humpback that had come up right up underneath me, but that that one the previous one the, um, mm. so the one I think must have been twenty sixteen mm -hmm. um, when I was kind of towing the Italian lady along because yeah. um, um, she'd never dived in a dry suit before so she was struggling a bit so I was just giving yeah. her a wee hand and uh, but it came up it but the herring was deeper so the herring was probably ah, right, yeah. the bait there was a huge bait ball it was like massive bait yeah, ball. yeah that's right yeah. Uh, and uh, you couldn't see the edges of it it was good viz but the herring must have been about maybe about 10 15 yeah, meters under yeah, the water yeah. under the surface right, and yeah. in a mass the humpback came through the middle of it but it already taken its mouth full that's right yeah, yeah. Uh, and it so it's it, it was its throat was fully in, in engorged with fish and yeah. water 
uh, and then it just kept descending right in front of us uh, and uh, and just turned away from us mm. as, it, as it hit the surface uh, rolled onto its side and then the, the tail fluke came across in front of us whereas this one this year um, the herring was like right mm. in front of us and, and I was explaining to everyone that we get in the water with about kind of safety and things and <laughs> at the start of the trip if you don't want to be on top of the where the where the herring is yeah. you want to be kind of off the side of the bait fall <laughs> what, what, for one reason for your own safety but also we don't want to disturb the, the behaviour so we want yeah. to make sure that uh, in no way are we kind of affecting their ability to to feed um, uh, and uh, and disturb the herring or break up the bait ball or do that kind of thing. So generally, I tell everyone just to stay away from the from the edge of the bait mm. ball, back off it a bit. Uh, um, and we we were doing that, but suddenly the herring all rushed towards us. So we were kind of well away, but then suddenly the herring <laughs> rushed. <laughs> Never at a good sign. And when you're in a dry suit, you you can't really maneuver <laughs> yourself quickly enough uh, backwards away from the uh, mm-hmm. from the from the herring. And then the orc, uh, the so the humpback just came uh, straight through it's the middle of it. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Like we we weren't close enough to be in any danger or anything like that. Um, but it just turned. Uh, it just kind of just again it rolls. It's interesting mm-hmm. when they surface, they don't come straight through it. They seem to always kind of do yeah, a bit yeah. of a roll as they come mm-hmm. up. And uh, and so we got a, an amazing look at the the fully engor- engorged throat of a humpback as it as it, <laughs> as it nails about I don't know a couple of ton of fish right yeah, running. Yeah, getting so closer than that. That was unbelievable. Uh, and then uh, yeah, and then just kind of back on the boat and shooting back, and there was that kind of low light behind us, and mm. straight in for uh, for some sun cakes and a, and a cup of coffee. It was a great. Uh, <laughs> An absolutely incredible crescendo to the trip, actually. Because that was like literally the very last thing. Well, apart from like going back to the base on the boat, that yeah, was like yeah. the very last. That was the, the last. Uh, yeah, the last. Yeah. So we'd had, like, as I said, we had good encounters, but that was the encounter, and it was. Yeah. We'd actually already. We'd, yeah, packed the, up the skipper Reiner had already said, "Okay, at home time," uh, and just as we were kind of taking off our fins, mm. I think I had one fin off, and this herring started bubbling, and I and then I was like, "Can we can we go in? Do we have time?" And he was like, "Okay, go for it." And we and we dropped in, and yeah. it was unbelievable. I think I think I remember getting back, and we once we were all kind of you get back and you'll get your dry suits or wetsuits off, whichever they were wearing, uh, get warmed up a bit. And I think we're all upstairs with a cup of coffee in our hands and all just looking like we'd we're completely dazed. Yeah, yeah. it was, uh, and and just uh, just kind of didn't know where didn't know mm. how to even process it it mm. was that incredible so that was definitely one of the uh the don't get me wrong when we get big shark encounter uh big shark aggressions that is something something special and uh and a lot of the other things we've talked about are, are special as well but I, I, I don't think i ever I can ever remember being quite so dazed after encounter as that mm. i think it was just so intense yeah, you've, yeah got, that's it. you've got i don't know i think there must have been 12 15 orca around there a lot of fish oh, humpbacks yeah the light, the whole, the whole thing was just, uh, yeah, yeah. was just really, really, really special, uh, and felt felt quite, um, quite privileged to actually witness that kind of oh, thing. Oh yeah, because it's um, well, how many times have we been up, and how many encounters, and yeah, how it. much time have we waited for that to happen? Mm, it's one yeah, of these yeah. things. That's like the ultimate thing. Out there. Oh yeah, you could get that, but you just can't manufacture that apart from just getting in the spot or. Spend enough time, uh, you know, looking around. But... Yeah, well, look at someone like uh, the BBC for Blue Planet, oh, exactly. uh, Frozen Planet Two, I think it was, or Blue Planet Two. When they, mm. they, I think they went up there over, I don't know, five seasons and were really struggling to get uh, sequences. No, Obviously, right. you need a lot more encounters for sequences, uh, but they were really they were struggling. Whereas, uh, um, and, and 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 with the logistics they've got behind them, yeah, yeah, um, oh, big time. So, yeah. uh, um, but that certainly that that new location we're using this year a little bit further north seems to be really good. There yeah. seems to be a, a, a lot of action. It's um excuse me, it's a movable feast, but um, 
It was so close to home as well. Yeah, that was yeah. the kind of thing. It was only like it was really really special. That ten minutes yeah. from where we were. So all that stuff. Whereas previous years, you know, it might have been on forty-five minutes an hour to get back. Whereas it was just literally hop, skip on the jumping, and we were back again. Yeah. So it's all based around. Uh, if you're not familiar with how it works up in Norway, I think I mentioned it before, but it's all based around where the herring are and the, and and the herring movements, and that governs the the whale movements because that's what the the whales are there for. They're there to eat the herring both the orca and the humpbacks. So for previously we've been a bit further south in Norway, uh, still in the Arctic Circle, but around the Anfjord area. And But it seems to be in recent years that the herring has moved further north. So then we, mm. we're kind of focusing our efforts there uh, in uh, in November time further north, where previously we've been in January further south. So uh, it's such a, like all wildlife and uh, it's all it's all down to, uh, it's all dynamic. It's all, it's a movable feast. So um and certainly this year was uh, was pretty special mm. uh, up there just the whole atmosphere of the place as well uh I, I, I kind of i suppose a better spot in terms of weather as well because you've got all these tighter fjords and yeah. you've got uh, yeah, a bit more protection which worked really open. good yeah uh, which i think we mentioned in the previous episode how, how what a good uh, encounter we had there so mm. um yeah a special place that one uh, did you have any other other ones? Uh, uh, well, I think that? that's all like the big top top best of the best. I mean, there's loads of stuff like I don't know, like spur dogs and some of the night dives and uh, all the like I don't know cool things when we've had eagles go over and yeah. big pods of common dolphins and seeing the rissos and white sided dolphins. Was yeah, it? it's amazing how some of these things can happen. Some of these rare things can happen in a day. I think because the day we saw the white sided, the sorry, the white beak dolphins. White beak was it? Was yeah. the same day we saw that leatherback the first time, <laughs> uh, and uh, and then I remember the day I was the year before last when you saw John Coe, yeah. which was actually one of my one of my. We um, mentioned John Coe yet? No, we didn't mention John Coe actually. All right. So he was one of John Coe is a big male orca we see on the west coast of Scotland, and he was one of my actually on my list of things of highlights because oh, yeah. um, he's he's probably the biggest orca you can see in the world. The the type the the, the type we have on the west coast of Scotland are are the bit one of the biggest ecotypes. Uh, and he's he's like probably nine and a half meters solid, oh, yeah. about fifty years old. We always recognise him because he's got a very distinct notch in the base of the dorsal fin, so you can tell him. Instant- Plus, he's absolutely massive. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but you can tell him instantly that it's John Coe, uh, and he he the, he's popped up all over the UK, generally northern UK on the east and west coast, down as far as Wales. But he seems to spend quite a lot of time up in the Hebrides, mm. and so the, and I actually used to do a bit of research for an organisation called the Sea Watch Foundation. So I'd heard of John Coe, I think almost ten years before I saw the animal. Mm. So to actually see an animal I'd I'd heard of after all this mm-hmm. time was uh, was really special. Uh, I remember just actually standing on the beach. Um, we'd actually been in swimming with seals, and Shane had been waving frantically from mm. from the boat, and we went we went north and we and we saw him just cruising up there. Uh, and then we saw him again this year. Um, we've seen him a few times over the years, yeah. and it's just everybody's it's about, certainly it? that first time I was uh, I was blown away again to see an animal like that. Obviously, we saw them in Norway and, and lots of them in Norway, but to see an animal like yeah, that in your yeah. home waters, especially one as legendary as John Coe, um, it's uh, almost like the leatherbacks thing. Yeah, you know, yeah, they're so that 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 ecotype, and there's so little of them, and you know you, you can't. You can't go and look for them in a certain area. It's just your luck, uh, and it's such an iconic individual with him, I suppose. Uh, you know, it's, again, just one of these ones that's just absolutely amazing to see him. Mm. Yeah, definitely that uh, that first time. And I just couldn't like I'd seen obviously as I said seen Orca Nori, but the, he was moving at some speed that first time, wasn't he? he was, oh yeah. He was heading off towards the uh, up, up towards the outer heads. I think he even pops up in Harris uh, the day after Crazy, or something like yeah. that. It just shows you how 
how far a, a kind of a fully wild orca will travel. They're not stick them in a. No wonder they go mental when you stick them in a swimming pool. It's just no, it's you've got an animal that's used to traveling. I don't know. What's that? What Fifty miles or something yeah, like that. Six, seven knots when we yeah, saw him this year, or something like that. Yeah, at least. I think he was doing. He was doing about ten. I think. Yeah, he was. I knew he wasn't even breaking a sweat. No, that no, was just yeah. cruising around. Just cruising, yeah. So you see a huge, a big, a fully huge, big male orca like that, and he's and he's shifting. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, it's yeah. really incredible. Um, we I've actually only ever seen him by himself. He does. Um, yeah, he so, does yeah. pop up with another one called Aquaria sometimes. Basically, he's a he's a member of a very very small group of orca on the west coast of scotland left there's only eight of them in the mm. whole kind of ecotype so and they're they're primarily marine mammal hunting orca whereas the other ones we have in scotland are more akin to the ones we have in norway where they're where they're mm. hunting they do hunt marine mammals but they also hunt a lot of fish um and so this is an ecotype that seems to have um basically been hit by uh um, pollution being one of the things so we think that one of the reasons they're the numbers have got so small is because uh, of pollution and a bioaccumulation in their tissues mm-hmm. and and basically sterilization of the of the females which is uh fairly heartbreaking so um it is a very small pod uh, so to actually be able to see a, a few of the members left is, is pretty right. special yeah well they're probably well high likelihood they may die in our lifetime yeah yeah it. yeah it's a real shame yeah one of the strange things about orca, they can get themselves into these little, almost looks, almost seems like evolutionally disadvantageous. These little cul-de-sacs where these, these culture, they kind of build up these cultures. Being in, yeah. very in smart animals, they've got all this, uh, they've got these very specific behaviours sometimes, and you've got uh, you've got language and behaviours evolve yeah, along yeah. with that, and uh, and they can get themselves into these areas where they don't, even though temporarily they might be close to other orca. It's a bit like the ones in Puget Sound. You've got the ones yeah, that are yeah, hunting yeah. a lot of salmon there, and although they've, you've also you've got two other ecotypes there, transient and offshore orca, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem to be a, a mix there. So there's uh, the numbers in Puget Sound are down mm. in just kind of the mid seventies now, which is is not great either. So uh, yeah, it's uh, not not uh, not nice to uh, to to see, but still uh, yeah, um, great to see the individuals, and especially in home waters mm. when you've got. When you've got orca, because um, in, Nor- in Norway we see we well, we've seen quite a lot of calves over the years, mm. um, you know. So it's a reasonably good sign if you're seeing young, reasonably often to be honest. Yeah, like most yeah. Pods oh, we yeah, see yeah. Up there with calves. Yeah, but, yeah. So they're doing pretty well. Yeah, up there, these yeah. ones are just. No, yeah. Imagine yeah. that. If you saw we, we calf in Scottish waters, that'd be something. But unfortunately, I think there's in that pod there is females yeah, yeah. of of uh, fertile age yeah, yeah. and they've not produced yeah. in in the twenty plus years they've been studying them. So mm. yeah, it's a, it's a real shame. Um, yeah, I think that's uh, most of my big ones. Obviously, like you said, there's lots of other individual things. Like this year, uh, we had a, a, a I was running, a, I was skippering on one of a trip, and I had a, a, a mm. triple breach of a shark right beside the boat, really, really close. Uh, it breached head on towards the boat, and and again just off the starboard side, and then off the back, and everyone was just losing their mind on on board. Uh, we think the breaching is related to courtship behaviour. So, uh, um, and there's been area times where we've we've seen behaviours that looked almost like. Uh, like some kind of courtship behaviors and that's mm-hmm. always fascinated me and got me excited because mating has never been seen so imagine we ever saw that over the years so whenever i've seen anything that looked a bit interesting like that i've always got uh quite mm. excited uh yeah i missed a, i missed the breach on a drone i had a drone oh, up yeah, one yeah. year and <laughs> these sharks were both following one another very interesting bit of footage actually they're both following one another uh and then they both breach out of the water so one of the 
a really nice bit of evidence in the fact that it's related to courtship because uh, rather than just say parasite removal or something mm. so uh, that oh, formed part of the first collaborative paper we put out as well yeah, yeah so nice to get a paper out on the sharks yeah, as well yeah, so uh, um what was the most memorable shark swim then um, one with the Russian guys off a call. No, that was pretty good. Yeah, we, that was a that was a memorable. Or the sunset one, maybe, or I think certainly the sunset one. There, were, there was another one. Yeah, Shane was just referring to. We had a Russian group out, uh, and we're off the east coast to call. And I remember it distinctly because it had been a, a mixed bag of days. We had a wet day and we had a couple of really good days, mm-hmm. and then we had one day. It was just the viz was mental. And yeah, this all came together. So sometimes you can get an, a, a situation where there's not a lot of phytoplankton in the water, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of zooplankton. And the sharks were just hoovering away, and uh, yeah. um, I, got, I think I got my some of my best images actually there because I got these blue water shots of. Uh, That's the one where we did like a three sixty or whatever. Oh yeah, uh, that and one. turned around yeah, and then so, it was like one there, one there, yeah. one there, one there, and they're just all. Yeah, I think there's maybe everywhere. thirteen in sharks in that sequence, and yeah. they're all they're all kind of stacked up and they're all over the place. Um, uh, that was very very mm. uh, memorable. That um, certainly the sunset one as well. Um, and uh yeah actually the Clyde ones were pretty special as well just because of the nature of that because you were yeah. in really shallow water mm. you could see the bottom the plankton was thick as it was very memorable as well maybe the ones uh, over the kelp as well because that's quite different yeah yeah when the, ones in the shallows cruising yeah. over the top of the kelp yeah, or whatever yeah definitely certainly like uh um obviously I've I've been in the water with a lot of sharks now I've been here six years and uh in the water with probably hundreds of sharks now but uh, that Certainly not at one time does it even get remotely kind of uh, yeah. tiresome at all. Every single time when you're in the water with an animal that big uh, and that kind of incredible, it's, it's, uh, it never ceases to be quite exhilarating every single yeah, time. And to get actually people, because we do get quite a variety of people. So one some of the <laughs> some of the real kind of memorable swims for me is when we say we have someone that says either they're not a really good swimmer or they're not particularly mm. confident. Or they maybe have a phobia of sharks, which is a strange one. We do actually yeah, have yeah, a few yeah. people that come out on the trips that say they're scared of sharks and they're kind of there to to, to do something. To get those people that are, that are maybe some people are even just scared of the sea. Or some people mm. are of maybe maybe have snorkel, but it's been in the in the in the tropics or something. So some of the real special ones for me is when you get those people and they're. Um, maybe not as proficient but you and you get them in the water with a shark and they come out absolutely buzzing head over heels oh, kind yeah, of they like go with nuts. yeah yeah, yeah. It's cool and that's always a really special one um and um yeah, it's always nice when you have people like that you know like yeah yeah sometimes you have photographers who are never happy because you know there's a slight like plankton in the corner of their picture and it's yeah, not the same yeah. thing but when people are just absolutely buzzing from just the experience of just seeing that animal mm. that's kind of really cool when you yeah and everyone feeds off that kind of uh you know enthusiasm and stuff yeah yeah for sure i think also for me call itself is a big highlight that's such a special wee island uh, it's kind of it gets a bit overshadowed because of I suppose Tyree draws a lot of the tourists to things, mm. but it's such a, an amazing little place. It's like uh, it's a little jewel out there. You've got incredible wildlife all, all around it. You've got these stunning beaches on the west coast. Um, this year, kind of beyond work, I got some really good surfing in there this year as well. Actually, mm. that was that was incredible. You've got uh, like some of the you can on that little tiny wee Scottish island. You've got some of the best wildlife wildlife encounters you could have anywhere in the world. Uh, and uh, even the, just up up the uh, in the kind of some of the tidal channels and the drifts and the kelp forest yeah, yeah. and it's such a varied uh, and special place that it's got a real atmosphere. The community there is a really nice bunch of people as well as well, and we've kind of uh, kind of in, been embraced by them. And yeah, it's just a really nice place to uh, to spend a few months. I uh, just wish the sharks hung out there a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
Or there was a nice wee protected area from the wind that you can get. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a whole, a big uh, breakwater for them corner. all to hide in so, behind. Yeah, <laughs> it is fairly exposed out there. But I suppose, like we've always said, without that exposure and that, mm-hmm. uh, with yeah. without being in the teeth of the Atlantic, then you wouldn't have that all the upwelling, the productivity that's there, and you and you wouldn't have these wildlife encounters. So, mm. uh, or the wildlife being there because it would be a less productive area. So yeah. you've just got to. It's one of the things we've just got to suck it up and take the rough with the smooth and. Uh, and as we've seen over the last, what, we've been chatting over an hour and 20 minutes now. Um, <laughs> Is it? Uh, that, like, uh, certainly it's, uh, when it's, uh, when it comes together, it's, uh, it can be really mm. special. Even on that, and as I said earlier, it doesn't have to be plaque, plate glass cam and, and perfect conditions. We can have still amazing encounters and, uh, in, on, in less than amazing conditions. If you've got a bit of onshore wind or something like that, that can be actually be helpful sometimes. Yeah, so. yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's always uh, it's always been pretty special out there. Mm. Did you have any more you wanted to add to that? <sighs> Don't know. It's probably been chatting on yeah. long enough. I think <laughs> people will be falling asleep by yeah. now. But yeah, it's good. Good wee record or a wee like memory of uh, all the cool things and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. So obviously, it's a, it's a fairly old uh, uh, personal reminisce we've just been waffling on about. For it. hopefully, but hopefully, it gives you an idea. Yeah. Well, there's uh, probably some people that listen to it that were on some of these yeah, ones yeah. or whatever. And... Yeah. Yeah, and it gives you an idea of what can be like on the, on a, on, a, on the good stuff and and maybe even maybe we've referred to some species you didn't even realise there were, yeah, were yeah. in these waters and like. So hope you Definitely. hope you uh, got some out of it and enjoyed uh, our our another little ramble. Uh, so yeah, just thanks a lot for listening again, and we will try and keep up this in future, um, even if I'm not kind of Scotland based. Uh, uh, then we're gonna we'll, we'll uh, yeah try and keep a uh, roll on with it. With, oh, nice modern technology. We've got things like Skype and things like that, yeah. so we can have some uh, reporter in the field kind of things. We'll so give you a few weeks to let it settle in and put it back on it. Figure out what you're up to out there and report back on what you're seeing, and we'll tell you how bad the weather is over <laughs> here and whatever else. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> once again, yeah, hope you enjoyed it, and uh, yeah, thanks again from um, me and Shane in Oban, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll uh, speak to you in future. Cheers.